on the college football playoff committee, you have screwed every college football fan in this country tonight. That's what you have done. You have done that. Look at this right here, 45 to seven. What, 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 what is this? What is this? What have you given us? This is a national championship game. That's what this is. It is 45 to seven. You thought TCU belonged in this game? What was the qualifications, college football playoff committee? What was their qualifications? Getting beat by Kansas State. That qualifies you for this game, the biggest game of the year, the game that every college football fan, no matter what team they pull for, looks forward to. And this is the garbage that you gave us. Pathetic. You are pathetic. This is a disaster. You owe us all an apology. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Dang, you mad, bro? You mad? Welcome in, everybody. It is January 11th. No, 12th, I'm sorry. Well, officially it's the 11th right now, but it's the 12th when you'll find this. Eh, hell, it could be the 13th. Hell, it could be the 15th by the time you listen to this. And hey, look at that. We're already halfway through the first month of the year. Blink five times and it'll be April. Two minutes after that, September. A month after that, it'll be the end of the year for 2023. This is Stone on Air. Life, man, Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you finding the second show of the new year. Finding myself in quite a good mood today and most of this week during this wretched month of January. More on that specifically a little bit later on here in the open. My name is Brian Stone. Stone on air on all social media is how you can follow along with the nonsense that I put out there in the internet world via socials or this podcast or whatever other digital platform occasionally that I have or others that I join, which also more on that here in a little bit as well. So I'd like to think, I would like to think that there are at least a couple new listeners. If there's even just one, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully maybe some Bonnaroo people excited, wanting to hear somebody else talk about Bonnaroo because that's been the big buzz thing around a lot of my orbit this, uh, this, this week as the lineup was announced on Tuesday. And so for those of you that I know that are regulars are rolling your eyes and are going to be jetting as soon as that stuff starts, and for those of you who might be here for that and you don't know the formatics of how this thing comes together, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be about a half-and-half show. I'm not going to do three segments. I'm only going to do two, the long open, and then the long look at this year's Bonnaroo. So if that's what you're here for, about halfway through the show is when that'll start. If that's what you don't want to have anything to do with, then you got about 30 minutes, and then that's what it'll start. So just so everybody understands that right now. So regardless if you're here every week, if you're here occasionally, or if you're here for the very first time, I do appreciate it. This is just a podcast of me and my commentary on the passing parade of this disastrous, often so it's sometimes lovely life that we all live. 
As I got uh, the final preparations for the show done today, a couple quick things that I grabbed right as I started that so they're not on the show sheet. Jeff Beck passed away last night, so Wednesday night, 78 years old. I got to think 78's a pretty good age. That's about a good time to just be done. I mean, just look around. Yeah, 68, 69, 70, 71, 70. As soon as you start pro- approaching that late 70s, look at our president. Look at um, you know anybody who is approaching 80. It's just going downhill fast at that point. And apparently, he caught some kind of just uh, sickness, uh, bronchi- bronchitis, whatever the hell. I don't remember what it said, but I've always known who Jeff Beck is, but I've never really known a whole lot about him. He didn't have nearly any of the success commercially anyway or critically by just the, the masses as most of everybody he played with from the Yardbirds and all those days of who he didn't 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 play with in the 60s and 70s. Um, I had no idea that in the Jeff Beck band or Jeff Beck group, I think is what it was called after he left the Yardbirds, uh, that Ron Wood and Rod Stewart were both at one time in that band. Didn't know that until just a couple of minutes ago. And a quick fun fact on Jeff Beck that if you for some reason did know, I can imagine you probably forgot by now, he played lead guitar on the song Blaze of Glory uh, uh, from Bon Jovi in 1990. For whatever reason, Richie Sambora, whatever, I can't think that's whatever the lead guitar player's name. I'm not sure why he wasn't there, but Jeff Beck played it. That was the theme song for Young Guns 2, the big hit, at least amongst young people, kids, and around that time, it had all the cool young dudes in it. Keith Sutherland, was it uh, Lou Diamond Phillips? Wasn't that that dude's name? Uh, Emilio Estevez and some others. So, and and if if I had to just quickly say how many good Bon Jovi songs are there, uh, maybe three. Maybe if I sat down and thought about it longer, there maybe there's five. Regardless of what that number is, one of those songs that I could consider great from Bon Jovi would be blaze of glory so there is a fun jeff beck fact for you on thursday january 12th and the other one real quick was i was checking my twitter real quick before i jumped on and a friend of mine longtime friend and listener quote tweeted me food for thought when cutting your podcast tonight can't wait to hear your take and he is quote tweeting bimbo burt in colorado and the uh the tweet is every plane in america is currently grounded due to a system error Mayor Pete, bravo. This is what happens when you hire clueless liberals for jobs they aren't qualified to do. Um, you mean like just two and a half years removed from your successful completion of your GED since you are a high school dropout, bimbo, Bert, and are a representative of a great state in the United States Congress, somebody who isn't qualified for a job, I'm not exactly concerned with what her thoughts are on what does seem to be a a pretty big problem today with all these planes on the ground for seemingly 24 hours but as soon as something went haywire and wrong and maybe there was a cyber issue a cyber attack or just anything that could put people's lives in danger and then something were to happen he's a disaster who doesn't know what he's doing there either we don't always have to be adversarial just for the sake of it Uh, also bimbo bird who is a champion of the political entertainment industry. She is a an award-winning actress in this uh, political theater. Yeah, not really all that concerned with what Miss GD thinks about anything, for that matter. So let's take a look at things here. I'll get you three pieces of audio for you in 
uh, I don't know, maybe about 10 minutes from now. I'll probably go, like I mentioned earlier, closer to 30 minutes on this segment if you're you know, keeping time. I'll get you the realest thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing. And then I've just got a list of things I'm going to go through here for a few minutes and see how long it lasts. So that front end thing, I don't know if it was funny. I can't tell if the guy was just being an actor you know, or trying to be performative or if he was truly mad or maybe a combo of the two. But the, uh, the yeah, the game was awful, obviously, on Monday. I, it, I have a whole new perspective when it comes to college football and NFL football. And they're, they're new. They're not necessarily better or worse. It's just new. And I've just realized it this year, and I'm sure I've talked about it a little bit, but I don't think I've gone to this depth of it, is that I've realized college football is often more entertaining than NFL football. Just if, if all I'm looking for is inter- some entertainment. Right? I don't watch the NFL necessarily to be entertained. I don't watch Major League Baseball to be entertained. I watch for a great athletic competition. And hopefully it's entertaining while I watch a great athletic competition. I don't watch college football for anything other than entertainment. And when you get you know, the numbnuts everywhere losing their minds on social medias, and sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're pathetic, and just the whole culture that comes with it, the pomp and circumstance, I'm kind of starting to like it. And it turns out I end up watching college football all day on on a Saturday this year. I, and I really enjoyed it. Now, I didn't care a single thing about it. And, you know, at any given time, there's a college, there, there's there's 25 college football games on TV a day probably on Saturdays. On Sunday, not every team's playing at once, and they're not all uh, televised unless you pay for that kind of cable subscription, which I would never do. Because I'm never going to watch the Bengals play the Dolphins. Why the hell would I do that? And so I watch the Titans intently, and then I don't watch another NFL game for the day because it's not—it's not that entertaining. It's really highly skilled and excellent. Um, well, when it's at its best, fundamental great X's and O's, which I can appreciate. It just doesn't grab me as much. And I finally, I separated the two. And instead of fighting over which one's better, it doesn't matter which one's better. If you like it, you like it. And I I, I kind of felt like, you know, they, they did screw us here. They put together this terrible team in this stupid setup, and they lucked their way into a championship and got embarrassed and made the sport look dumb. It really did. And I got all together ready, and I sat down, and I made food, I made wings, and and tater tots and homemade ranch and like, all right, time for the game. And 10 minutes later, it's like Shark Tank reruns. Law and Order, hello, USA Network. So that was uh, that was quite uh, disappointing. But, hey, that, that, that stuff happens, right? That, that, whether you have a good system or not, sometimes that kind of stuff just happens. Um, speaking of Twitter, it's still every day I'm getting followed by another couple of bots. I mean, I get that having all those employees maybe was too many, but this Musk thing getting rid of basically the whole company, and now there's like there's no kind of damage control on how this app works. I'm getting just followed by bots constantly. I never I never used to have that. Sometimes, for sure. You're always going to get some bots in your feed. It's all I got now. All I get is that, and all I see is tweets from other people. That I don't follow and I don't care what that has to say. So I'm going to be cleaning. Well, there's no saving Twitter. Twitter's a mess. It, there's no saving it. Um, Instagram is tur- really turning into a cesspool of just gar- garbage, of just junk I don't want. And so I'm going to clean it up big time, too, and try to get it just to mostly friends and family. And I got Facebook under control. It, we're in a really, really sad time of social media when 
Well, I mean, TikTok's the king of the world for me. I'm not including TikTok. I'm including the ones that most every single person, at least his long term, had a, a familiar knowledge of. We're in a sad place with Facebook. It's a place I can go and get sometimes some intelligent or at least mildly interesting takes, uh, if you will. So if after a little while you're still there in the feed, then you know uh, I like you and I'm glad to have you. All right, a couple of things here, news and notes, and a couple of these having to do with the money and how much everything is costing. Gas prices on the way back up quickly rose closer to $3 a gallon around here. I still haven't paid over $3 a gallon other other than a couple of times ever. Uh, I'm just kind of savvy with the way I've I've gotten my gasoline through my food city using Georgia's uh, tax-free uh, gasoline, which I'll get to that in a second as that's over. But looking at gas prices between now, uh, from January uh, 11th, yesterday, 2013 to today, in 2013, gas was 319 I, that seems that seems hard to imagine that in 2013 we had three dollar gas. Uh, also in 2014, three dollar gas. And then for whatever reason, I still can never understand how petroleum trades and how the money goes up and down so drastically so often. In 2015, on in January 11th, a dollar ninety five. A year later, a dollar sixty seven. In 2016, a dollar. 67 the stock market was soaring in the middle of that decade that didn't happen when trump got there it it continued once trump got there but that was already happening man can you what i would do for a dollar 67 a gallon in 17 it went up to 210 that's fine i still think two plus is going to be where we're going to be living around here for the rest of our lives uh 217 and 18 back to sub two in 19 in 19, uh, leading up to the disastrous mess of a year that we globally wrecked economies over a stupid flu in 2020 at 226, in 21, 209, and a year ago, 296. And so we're that's about where we're at now. Is uh, it's gone up 12 cents in just the last couple of um, days? What is? Why did I have this? It says, oh, okay, yeah. So the Georgia thing. So Brian Kemp, well, the only things he's ever done that I actually applauded was for the last 10 months, they had canceled, or whatever the terminology is, the gas tax in Georgia. And that was a nice relief. So I would get Food City gas in Georgia with my also 15 cent discount from my fuel bucks, and I would get really cheap gas, and I still do. Well, those days are over. Uh, at least from the tax perspective. The state will resume collecting a tax on gasoline of 29.1 cents per gallon and a tax of 32.6 cents per gallon on diesel. And my gosh, I don't know how companies with huge fleets are doing it. Well, that, this, that, this is a big reason why the inflation is out of control. Diesel fuel is like five bucks a gallon. And these trucks guzzle this stuff. I mean, just drink this, guzzle down this uh, diesel fuel. And it's uh, the type uh, tax is coming back as of yesterday. So it's, and here's another fun little thing to look at. So you look at it, you think, okay, cool. Georgia's doing something to help. The government's stepping in and doing something to help, which I am a fan of. Sometimes I need, I want the government's help. I'm not a tiny, tiny, no, no government guy. I, I that, the, my, my libertarian guy on my shoulder is yelling at me right now, but I like that. 
And but what the, the difference is is oftentimes these Georgia gas prices were like 10 cents less than Tennessee. Now we're on the border, so that's going to be part of it. But it's no more than 15 cents, maybe 20 cents at the most. And I do this, I've been doing this for this whole 10 months. I've got all the sample size I need. So these stores are pocketing this relief, this tax relief. The stores are pocketing the money. They're not passing it on to the, to the consumer. Shocked, said no one. Um, another thing coming from dollars and cents that it was, I've just noticed it finally where it just hit me. I kept kind of seeing it and then would forget about it because I very strategically grocery shop, very strategically. I, co- I uh, cut coupons. I load the bonus card or whatever they, they value card that they you can get online. I mean, I am an old woman when it comes to uh, clipping coupons and saving a dollar here and saving a penny there. I mean, it's it's almost like a, a challenge. It's like something that I take great pride in. But for some reason, I, I, I just didn't realize until it hit me just this week, holy sh- eggs are expensive. What in the hell is going on? And it was when I went to Aldi, and I only shop Aldi for very specific reasons, and often what those times are for a carton of eggs. $5. $5. And they're not good eggs. They're cheap bleep eggs, and I'm not that picky on that, but I'd prefer better quality if I could, but if I'm going to go cheap, but five bucks at Aldi? And so I finally go, what the hell is going on here? Well, there's an egg shortage. Of course there is. Brian, why didn't you know that? Well, it turns out that this one's actually potentially an actual real shortage. It has nothing to do with fake inflation that everybody throws around uh, the terminology of. It's the bird flu. About 57.8 million birds have been affected by an uh, avian flu of 22, says the uh, Department of Agriculture. Uh, the, the bird flu is relatively rare in the U.S. That, and has not seen it since 2015. I don't remember eggs being $5 a, a dozen in 2015 because of the bird flu. Apparently, it's highly contagious. And it's also extremely lethal. It kills 90 to 100% of chickens, often within 48 hours. And farmers, and this might be a little government overreach, maybe not, I don't know, you can argue it, but uh, because of federal rules uh, to prevent the spread, if you got one bird with bird flu, well, they might as well all have it because they're all going to die. You hear that? We're all going to die. And then it has some breakdown of how much pricing is for so many different things. And uh, I was going to go through that, but we all know it's high. The rent's too damn high. It's all too high. Uh, yeah, we'll do a couple more of these real quick. Um, so I was at Burger King. I had the Burger King story of the the sausage biscuit. One for or two for four dollars or one for five fifty. <laughs> I understand there's there's the promotion to have a good deal. I also, but I don't understand a swing that much anyway. So I ended up accidentally at the same Burger King leaving Knoxville at the travel center at the pilot or whatever it is. And I thought, Oh, deja vu moment. I'm at Burger King. Okay. And it was when I was leaving on Christmas, um, uh, Christmas morning, I think it actually was, or the, or the 26, whichever one it was when I was coming back from Knoxville. And I just needed, I have the go-to from fast food. I'm not a guy who says, I, eat fa- I don't eat fast food, but then I often kind of do. I don't eat this crap. 
except for if I need a quick meal and I need something in my stomach. And it, no matter where it is, it's a burger and fries. A cheeseburger, plain, small fry. Wendy's, McDonald's, doesn't matter. That's the same thing I get. Or maybe a double cheeseburger, those small little double cheeseburgers. And uh, I, I like the flavor of, of, of Burger King over the course of my life. So I wanted a small cheese, double cheeseburger and a small fry. And for my whole adult life, whenever I needed that, like if I had to work late and had to go to a show, I would, you know, I got to eat something. Double cheeseburger, small fry. Let's go. That's what I wanted. And I see on the board, double cheeseburger, $5.99. And I thought, okay, it's morning. I'm out of it. Oh, it's not morning, but I hadn't been up long. And I thought, I don't want, that must be a monster. That must be like on the value menu or on the, on the regular meal menu, this huge, you know, I don't want that. But I don't see anything else on this board. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to order it and just see what it is, what, what happens here. So I want a double cheeseburger plain, small fry. That'll be 12 bucks. $12. $12. Something that has regularly never cost over five. Sometimes only about three, maybe four, depending on where it falls on the value menu. First of all, the value menu is just not there anymore. $12. After I got a... Uh, a, a water to go with it, a bottled water, 14 bucks. $14. What are they doing? What is happening here? What world do I live in? How is this possible? A couple more things here, and I'll get you your audio. Woman says she was knocked unconscious while riding defective electric bike from Bike Chattanooga. I don't know why anybody would pay to ride a bike. If you want to ride a bike, get a bike. But whatever. Um, this woman, apparently, I, it says defective bike. I don't, I, you, know, you know as much as I know, based on the headline, it says, the lawsuit says numerous uh, severe injuries, including traumatic brain injury. She had multiple lacerations to her face and over her right eye. Her right optical wall was broken. She suffered an injury to her eye and left and right hip contusions, had a bruise on her right thigh, awfully comprehensive and thorough, had uh, contusions to her breast that necessitated a breast biopsy, and had injuries to her neck, lips, and hands. I mean, good Lord, is this woman going to make it? The um, main reason bring that up is I, when I was in Nashville, they have the... The scooters or like the, what are those things? You just, you know, they have the two wheels and you just ride it. Why am I blanking? Anyway, they have those all over the city and they're free or maybe you pay something, I guess. I'm sure you pay something and you just ride this all over. I would break my hip in five seconds on one of these. If we got women having that kind of problem on regular bicycles, what would happen if we had scooters lying all around the damn place? Um, so at least we don't have to deal with that. And then the parking lot, so the parking downtown is going to continue to become a disaster. The parking lot across the street from the public library downtown, which is right next to EPB, if my logistical uh, map in my head of downtown is, is working right. And so that means that parking lot is now going to be gone. That's going to be a hotel or a condo, something or other. No one bought a parking lot to keep it a parking lot. And... If you remember, long time people will, 
the EPB building used to be an entire block of parking 25 years ago or 22 years ago or whatever it is. I've parked in it many times. And so that parking lot goes away. And now the next one right next to it, now that's going to go away. And the continued nightmare that is parking downtown is only going to get worse going from here. In case you wondered, $2.1 million is how much a block of parking costs in downtown Chattanooga. And then Nashville wants a Major League Baseball team. I was going to spend some time on this. Maybe I'll come back to that to another time. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, that was, that was just there in case I needed it. All right, so let's jump in here. Hold on, I threw that in the wrong space. I need this still. So the realest thing, going back to college football and these these conferences and the cockamamie makeup that is just the overall uh, alignment of college football and these conferences, you know, one conference shifts here, every conference moves every other week, players move every other day, coaches move every other five minutes. You know, the, the, the sport really needs to get a hold of itself or it could spiral out of control someday. Probably not, but you never know. But this was a very good uh, point on uh, the ridiculous college football conferences, especially the Southeastern Conference is today's real thing. The SEC shouldn't even count as a real football conference. Alabama and Georgia have played once in the regular season in the last 15 years. Like, that's not a conference. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now, they're gaming the system. Props to them. I get it. But the coattail riding of the average and awful teams – in the SEC is just embarrassing. The other thing to note about the SEC, they play the least amount of conference games. It may seem like no big deal, but it is. When you play that extra conference game like the Big Ten, the Pac-12 have, you guarantee that half your teams are going to have an extra loss. The other ramification is you don't get that late game <laughs> in the season where Alabama plays Austin P and Tennessee plays UT Martin, and it's always conveniently right before Alabama plays Auburn. And they always set themselves up. Every single year they have a bye before LSU. That's, you see, what they do is smart, but weird. It's so, so true. The This idea that the SEC is just this amazingly powerful conference is so not real. It is such a narrative that is, um, that's just portrayed nationwide. It It's top-heavy with some great teams, for a long, 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 long time, better than the rest of the country. But it's top to bottom, you know, balanced out, the conference kind of sucks. And the middle and the bottom of it has been terrible. But that's not SEC's fault. All these conferences suck. The Big Ten's not any good. The Big 12's not any good. The Pac-12's really not good. And this is goes back to, I think, was it just last week I was talking about the talent pool drying up and kids not playing football anymore? This is a, this is a, a direct effect of that but um but yeah georgia's georgia's a freaking machine they're gonna win the national championship again next year you do know that right because they are but the this idea that the sec is big and bad is not true this is today's worst idea and back to this wretched month of january are you an adult yeah and the new year just started yeah introducing january what's that the past few months have been non-stop holidays and joy but now it's January, and you're on the verge of completely losing it. Wait, no. That's right, idiot. We're not sure whose idea it was to put the worst month of the year first, but now it's your problem. Oh. With January, you can. Say goodbye to things that brought you happiness. Experience the cold and gray at all times. Try to be healthy, but really just get sadder. 
and count the days until it's warm again. I mean, surely there's got to be something I can do, right? You're right. To pass the time this January, you can do fun activities like sit. Anytime somebody asks my favorite season, I say winter, but I always forget about this part because these 31 days feel like forever. Try it today. Well, I will disagree with one thing there. This 31 days does not feel like forever. It still goes by fast just because it sucks doesn't mean it doesn't go by fast. And I could relate to that even more this year because I had my favorite holiday season of my entire life. No joke. I think I talked about that the other week. No exaggeration. Not living in the moment. Not, you know, stuck in the prisoner of the moment. I had a great Thanksgiving and a fantastic Christmas and New Year's Eve. And January blows. And today's coolest thing is about the wraps on the first half of the show. Yep, my Nickelback defense continues, and I'll likely do it for the rest of my life, and I'll do it happily. This is the coolest thing. And I had this going round and round. And I was like, ooh, it's pretty. And I'm leaving the top two strings to ring. It gives it sort of this orchestral thing. And then when I spit out, look at this photograph, I had no idea where I was going. And then every time I do it makes me laugh, just came out because it rhymed. But it's so random that we just sort of lucked our way into, uh, so you're talking about the picture and then it's, and this is where I grew up and this is where I went to school and this is when we started listing all those things. So then the whole thing becomes about, oh, it's all these snapshots through your life. And we just, you know, once we got there, we just got so lucky that it tied back in with the first stupid thing that I said. It's an actually a really good explanation for a very well-crafted and well-thought-out song. Not very sophisticated, as always, because no one ever said they were a sophisticated band, but a very clever and, 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 and inventive uh, kind of band and making the kind of music that was popular at their time. I'm, I like Nickelback. I'm ready to say it out loud to anybody who wants to hear it. I don't want it to be a Bonnaroo. Let's not get too out of uh, uh, crazy here. Let's not go too overboard. But anyway, thank you for that. Uh, hanging with that first long uh, half of the show. For the second half of the show, I'll play some cuts from some of my favorite songs from some of the bands I can't wait to see and tell Bonnaroo uh, stories to a certain degree and just blabber on for the second half of the show. So if that's what you're here for, great to see you. Don't judge me because I'm claiming that I like Nickelback, uh, but I do, and... So there you go. And if you're not interested, we'll talk again next week. Uh, all Things Bonnaroo coming up next. So who did who did you like on the lineup? So your first impression, what did you uh, what you like? What you didn't like? Foo Fighters, absolutely want to uh, see on the farm. I've always wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. My morning jackets, for all the reasons we all already know, is is going to be fun. It is nothing that jumps way off the page. It's just layered really well. And for me, I'm usually a get there early and leave early setup. This is stacked towards Saturday and Sunday for me. So this is get there whenever the hell I feel like it, and then leave on Monday. <laughs> 
it's just probably how that's going to work. Sunday, Saturday and Sunday are fantastic. Yeah, I, I heard you uh, comment earlier a couple of days ago, Brian, that this you know lineup, you were going to go because you've been every year. And so if for no other reason you were going to keep the streak going and you weren't sure what the lineup might look like, that would draw you back. Is this the lineup well, I, that I, will draw you back? The answer is yes, and I think what you were referring to is when I, I, I think I would say my excitement level is just down, and I think that's just because I'm middle-aged. Your, but, your excitement um, level's down about everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. But, when has it ever been today, up? I mean, look today at changed, line, in itself, it's not exciting. Today, today changed that a little bit, though. That's I have question. been, you know, I've got my... I've got my board highlighted and, you know, going through it and doing all the stuff I used to do. I just, it wasn't like Christmas Eve last night like it used to be. This kind of brought it back out of me. So I, I'm, nice. I'm That's my spent most of the day thinking about it. That's my question. Good. But if this is the last time, going to make up my mind. I've waited a lifetime to live. It's time to ignite. Welcome back in. Foo Fighters and Making a Fire, one of the newer songs the last couple of years. Love, love, love it. That was the What Podcast. If you're a Bonnarubian, you already know. If you're not, but like contemporary festival and entertainment conversation, it might be for you. Just search it out. Just the what. Bonnaroo will will get you there. Great looking website. Great looking YouTube site. And um, I was reached out by Brad. It's uh, Brad Steiner, Barry Corder, and uh, Russ Jackson. We call him Lord Taco. And uh, Brad was like, hey, the other day he had just mentioned, hey, we're going to be doing the show live on Tuesday. And, you know, as you could tell from what that conversation we're having, sorry for my crappy audio, um... I just I wasn't feeling it yet. I just I just hadn't been feeling it, and he uh, he sent me a, a a text on Tuesday. We talked on the phone over the weekend, and he had he mentioned this is what we're going to do. And I thought, okay, well, whatever, okay, of course. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you are. And and then he texted me on Tuesday and sent the link and said, you know, here go here six forty five. Da And I said, what the hell are you talking about? And he sent me a message back that said. Uh, we already talked about this. You're on at 6.45. And I said, no, we didn't talk about anything. You told me you were doing your show. I didn't say I was going to be on it. You've just now decided I'm going to be and give me an hour and a half notice. And I'm having a pretty good day, so I'm joking with them mostly. But I was kind of like typical eye roll of Jesus Christ, Brad. Can't you? Come on. Can't we have an, a, a little bit more of an official like a pre-show meeting rather than a text an hour and a half before you want me to connect on something I don't know if it's even going to work? And um, But I'm glad I did it. I always forget because I don't listen to or watch. Yeah, I don't watch hardly any of them, but I don't listen to everything they do. I listen to, to ones that have important information about the festival. Um, but I forget that just Brad is just, I mean, the guy's interview skills are just incredible. I mean, it's, it's as good as anybody I've ever met and known and maybe as good as, you know, most people I've ever known from a national standpoint. He really can drive it. He can really keep it going. He can really stay topical. 
And then, uh, you know, Barry, as co does uh, his his work is it fits in nicely. And then Lord Taco's contr- uh, contributions are incredible. The online presence, the socials, the the way the site looks, very very well done uh, outfit. So after it was all said and done, I listened to everything they did that day. I was like, okay, man. I, I, and now my excitement for the festival is back. I am excited about this. This is a fun day. And I was only going to just do a few minutes on, on Bonnaroo seven, five days ago when I was trying to put together what, how, what am I going to do for next week's show? Because part of why I did just go two segments here is it really isn't anything else to talk about worth a damn. I mean, unless you want to do NFL playoffs, which I try to keep sports at a, to a minimum around here. There's no local stories, hardly. I gave you really the only local anything. I've been scanning the Times Free Press in Chattanooga for a week, and there's been nothing. So I said, and then when the lineup got dropped, I, I didn't even set an alarm to make sure I was up in time, you know, or, or 11 o'clock, I was well up, awake that day. But, you know, to, I wasn't sitting there like, refresh, 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 like I've been in the past. Like the night before Bonnaroo, I would be so nervous isn't the right word, but just anxious. And I just, I wasn't feeling it. And once I saw the lineup and saw how much I liked it, I thought, oh, it's 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 not back to the levels it used to be, like I mean I didn't I have all the Bonner all the what podcast guys they had it in advance five years ago I wouldn't have been able to sleep the night before if I knew my friends had an advance and I wasn't able to look at it I didn't even think about asking them so I'm happy to have that energy back at least to a certain level and um, just want to go through some stuff here I've got ten cuts of just tracks of songs of people that I like. And I just want to just, you know, chit-chat about it for the next, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, however long it takes. Just to name off a few here that are from my highlights. I do have my poster printed off and and old school with the kind of have to, maybe, uh, no chance, can't miss kind of stuff. And the cool thing about this lineup this year is it builds for me throughout the weekend. I've always been get there. I mean, I used to be there three, two days in advance. I have the most fun before the festival started. And once the festival started, every minute that progressed into the festival itself became more difficult because oftentimes I was doing work, and which I love to do. But that takes some of the, the, the anticipation and the emotion changes once you start having to hit deadlines and having to be places. Before it starts, you can, you know, that that feeling of, you know, the spring, you know, that something new is on. Oh, the, the anticipation is so great. Well, in this case, I can just drag my ass in there whenever I want because I'm not going to get there early this year. No doubt. I'm not sure how I'm even going to attend this thing this year. I have a I hope I'm going to be able to latch on somewhere and be able to have a semblance of what I'm used to. But I'll get you know, I'll think about that more later on down the road here. But this thing starts with the uh, on Thursday, and there's rarely anything I've ever heard there that I care about. It's just fun just to just get out and just hear some music playing, and maybe sometimes something catches your eye, uh, catches your ear. And Diarrhea Planet, which I've since the time I heard of this band 10, 12, 15 years ago, I thought you numbnut, numbskull idiots, you're a good band, and you're calling yourselves Diarrhea Planet. What the hell? They're out in Nashville. They used to play at JJ's all the time. And they got pretty popular for a while. And then they broke up. 
well, this is a little reunion show to a certain degree. I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing. Uh, they're going to be uh, one of the ones on Thursday. If I'm there, which I highly, eh, I don't know if I will be, I'll, I'll go see them, but that's about it for me on Thursday. Then you get into Friday, and it's um, Portugal the Man and Matt Mason. And that's where I'll just kind of st- slow down and rather than go in order on which day it's going to be, because on Friday, that's all I care about, those two. That's it. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. I wouldn't know Kendrick Lamar if he walked into my front door right now and said, hey, I'm Kendrick Lamar. I'd be like, dude, I'm in the middle of a fucking podcast. Can you get lost, please? But starting Saturday and into Sunday, it is low dead from headliners to the mid card to a little bit on the lower card. It is all day something to do. And uh, so that's just going to be a fun, different mix, a different change of pace for me than what I'm used to. But I'll just start on my uh, artist that I'm going to highlight just a little bit. This is Matt Mason. He was on with me at my last radio gig, one of my favorite radio gigs I ever had, uh, Alt 98.7. It was the most fun in radio. Eh, it wasn't the most fun in radio, but it might have been some of the best radio, music radio, that I had uh, ever been a part of, at least the quality of what went through the speakers. That's about all I can um, say. <laughs> Not much more was that desirable, but the quality of what went through the speakers I really was proud of. And I had Matt Mason in studio in 2018. I had never seen him on a stage before. I will on Friday of Bonnaroo. Are you the type that can just, hey, it's time to write some songs and they do it? Or do you have to kind of live it? I've talked to a lot of guys out of Nashville. It's like, hey, you got to write five songs a day. You know, yeah. and there's not a lot of depth there. Yeah, there's I mean, that, yeah, that's the difference. There. You know, I can do that. I can sit down you and can just write that. a simple song, but um, that's what it lacks. Is it lacks a lot of depth and emotion? I think music has like such a heavy influence on people's lives, and I'm like, why? If if you can do it, why not really like put your heart into it? So sure. I typically have to live it. Yeah, before I write about it, and I think writing as honestly as I can gives me the ability to sing it as honestly as I can. This is his hit at that time, song called Cringe. And I asked him that question in particular because the guy's a really interesting dude, has lived a very bizarre life. I can't even really remember what it is now, but I had been doing a string of interviews, like a, almost a series that we were doing um, that was set up by somebody else, and most every time I did it, I was like, God damn, I got to do this again! And it turned out every time it was really fun, and the week before that, I had Anderson East in, who had started to take off then, his, uh, sells out small rooms all over the country, and he's a Nashville songwriter type, and he just goes to work every day and writes songs. That's what they do. Sometimes it involves getting drunk, and sometimes it does. You know, it's just a work environment, and you bounce ideas off, and you just write a song. It's kind of like I don't know the uh, Nickelback <laughs> school of songwriting. And he Matt just seemed like a guy who was so much more in depth and soulful that that's something that he would probably be able to do. He claims that he could, but that's. At that time, while I asked him, he'll be playing Friday. That is Matt Mason. Back in 2017 was the first time I heard of this band, uh, per- Portugal the Man, and I immediately fell in love. This was what How You Remind Me in 2001 was to radio. 
Feel It Still was played more than any song on the radio in 2017. I think it won Grammys. I don't know. But I started listening to them a lot at that time, and they were at Bonnaroo 2017. And it was one of my favorite shows of the weekend. When bon- And actually, Bonnaroo 2017 is one of my favorite Bonnaroo's all the way around for so many different reasons. And it was a year when the lineup, I barely cared anything about. So I can't wait to see them, hopefully on a bigger stage. They're on a tent stage in 17. Portugal the Man is also on Friday. And my phone's making noise. i got to silence it real quick. Hang tight. And we're back. The uh, Do Not Disturb only lasts an hour. So that's what that was all about. On Saturday night, I would be lying if I pretended like I know really much anything about the band Odessa. Uh, this, speaking of Alt 98.7, was one of the big hits in 17 or 18 when I first went to work there. And I loved it. Now, that's singing right there. That's Leon Bridges. And I had a real man crush on Leon Bridges for about a year, right about this time when he had uh, that incredible album out that I can't remember what it was called at this at this time. But this is Odessa featuring, uh, Jesus, I just said his name, Leon Bridges, sorry. And I absolutely love it, but I don't know much about the band other than th- this, and I didn't know at all that they were capable of headlining a Saturday night at one of the biggest festivals in the world. Obviously, I just don't know. This is Odessa featuring Leon Bridges. Quite literally, the only song I know, it's called Across the Room. So I would also be lying if I told you that I was at all these iconic My Morning Jacket shows at Bonnaroo. This is the kind of band that I should have been into at the time. They were just a little experimental with alt-rock that was just a little outside my comfort zone at the time that they became popular. As I was, it's the only reason I can think that I didn't jump on early. My Morning Jacket opened for Pearl Jam, for crying out loud, in like 2003. And I didn't even blink an eye at it. And so I don't, I don't have time to get into all of it, but if you're here for Bonnaroo stuff, you know about 04 with My Morning Jacket, and you know about 08. And I saw them in 10, if I remember right, or maybe it was 12, on the main stage in the evening, and it was fun. It was fun. It was great. I love My Morning Jacket. Well, I like My Morning Jacket a lot. I like it a lot. So um, I don't know what to expect, but this one song has always been my uh, my favorite go-to, and it's another one of those cases where I don't know if you have any of these in your life, but there's a handful of bands that the, the first recollection I have of hearing a song from that band is, to this day, still my favorite song. And there's about five or six bands that mean a lot to me, from Dave Matthews Band, Pearl Jam... My Morning Jacket, Hilda Black Crows might be one of them. I'd have to really sit down and think about it, where the first song I ever knew of theirs is still my favorite. I will make 
And it's from, I don't know, 06, 08, I'm amazed. And I, for years, thought they were saying, I believe. And someday, one day, sitting around somewhere, like 10 years ago, and I'm like, I believe. And someone's like, what are you saying? I believe. No, it's I'm amazed, you effing moron. I believe <laughs> so. My morning jack is Saturday night. A lot of people speculating that they'll do like a midnight show on the main stage and just go and go and go. I don't care what they do. I'll uh, I will likely be there. Not a likely case in this situation. A guaranteed, absolute. The only way it doesn't happen is if the earth opens up and swallows me whole right in the middle of a 700-acre farm in the middle of rural Tennessee is the only way that I will not be at this show, which I hope is on a on a main stage. I bet it won't. I bet it'll be a a, a tent stage. Because those are considerably smaller. They're still big enough, and they work. But I have got to see what corn sounds like in the year 2023. This song, Once Upon a Time, was something that would make the roof explode, and it might still do it. Woodstock 99, they opened the show with this. I saw, I was there for it. I was a long ways back, but I was there for it. I got a lot of friends that are huge corn fans, massive corn fans. I was always like, eh, whatever. Kind of trash, but it's actually really good. It's not my speed exactly, but they started this, and the crowd, you've seen it by now because those, those, those docs were so popular from HBO and Netflix. It looks like a wave. Just take your arm and flop it up and down. That's what the whole crowd looked like, just up. Dun 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 dun. Oh, they open up a Bonnaroo set with Blind. I will be a very happy guy. Just absolutely so cool. I cannot wait for that. Let's see, what else do I got here? Um, another f- new music discovery, if that's what you want to call it. That's what they call it at the radio station, uh, Alt 98.7, when you know they've been playing it over and over and over, like every day in a stupid radio rotation. Music radio is the worst. And it'll be like, new music discovery. It's not new, asshole. I've heard it 20 times this week. Well, this is another one of those where I stumbled onto a band that was very popular amongst millennials uh, who are very, make up a very big portion of my regular friend base of the last decade or so. Boy, you weren't cool. If you didn't like Rainbow Kitten Surprise, that's just a matter of fact. If you didn't like this band, there's something wrong with you. And that goes back to 2017. I saw these guys with a pretty girl who loved them. I'd never heard Rainbow. What a stupid name. Yeah, I can't wait for this. It was great. Fever Pitch is the name of that one. So we'll fast forward to Sunday. Foo Fighters are going to uh, wrap things up. 
And um, sorry, I'm stalling just a touch as I go through my audio here to find it. And the Foo Fighters are an interesting band in, in my orbit. Of course, it's Dave Grohl. Everybody loves Dave Grohl. Everybody loves Dave Grohl. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. And everybody's heartbroken over Taylor Hawkins' sudden passing, their drummer, at 50 years old last year. There's something that could potentially be very special about this show. But I have seen this band about four times, maybe five. And the main reason is, is because every tour is basically the same thing. They're kind of a play the same set every night. They might bring out some surprise guests. Maybe one thing you weren't aware of or expecting. And it's just not really forming on a regular rotation. But everything outside of their greatest hits, which I'm so tired of, like this song, Summer's End, I, I, I just, I adore. I absolutely adore. And it's quite literally their greatest hits. They have a greatest hits record. And if you play it, I will leave the room. I don't ever want to hear Everlong again, even though it's a musical masterpiece. I don't ever want to hear My Hero again, and it's not a musical masterpiece. I don't want to hear All My Life and um, all those damn songs. I, I, they're just, God, they're just not good. They're not fun. They have albums front to back of amazing music. And it's going to be an old, it's going to be a magical potential night. Sorry to sound like a douchebag here on the Stone on Air podcast. Uh, only a couple more here, and uh, we'll wrap things up here shortly. Staying on time pretty, pretty well. It was 2018, I think. Um, for years, I had Miller Lite hospitality passes that I kept very hush-hush on who I would give them to. And I used them as currency on the farm and I was very secretive about them in some settings because they were so valuable but they're they're not for sale they're not it's not possible to purchase them you have to know somebody and you have to know somebody pretty well to get these I've been in the Miller Lite locally business the beer business distribution business for 20 years over 20 years and I know all the right people and I would get these passes and upwards of six, seven, eight, maybe 10 at the most one year. And I would, you know, they, they would be uh, uh, earmarked for, for certain people. And then I would have just a couple that were spares and I would use them <laughs> to hit on chicks, literally. Uh, and I don't hit on chicks, quote but if I would ever, because I used to be not antisocial and not have social anxiety and would talk to any girl that was nearby, and then I could strike up a conversation, and I was charming sometimes even. I know that sounds potentially like I'm kind of talking out of my ass, but it's actually true. And then when you say, hey, oh, and hey, because that person is especially good place too, they're going to say, I, hey, check this out. You can have it. Without saying it verbally, as long as you hang out with me some. It's worked out for me really well, as a matter of fact, a few times. This one time, it, I think it was 2018, I uh, had that same thing happen with a girl from um, Miami. I will never see this girl again in my life. I don't even remember her name. We met up the next day after I met her the day before. She's rocked out. She's a super millennial, dressed in pasties and glitter and uh, and and. 
uh, fishnets, and we go to Paramore, and she's on acid, and it was wild. The girl I'm talking about that I was with, maybe Haley from Paramore too. I don't know. The show was hot. The chick I was with was hot as hell, and it was so memorable. And so it now I have great memories of of Paramore because of that day. I don't think I saw that girl ever again. Maybe one more time. I know we had text. We exchanged numbers, and I know I texted her when I got home, and I got a, hey, so fun, so glad to meet you. Hope to see you soon. Of course, that ain't ever happening. But my crazy, half-naked, pretty-as-hell Miami clubber. Ugh. I'll never forget you, baby. I'll never forget Uh, man, it's actually making me feel sad. I can't, I have, I, I've thought about it many times over the years. I couldn't remember her name almost like immediately. And that's happened not like that, but just that's what Bonnaroo does. You just you don't even make plans because you're not going to go through. You're not going to do it. I mean, you might as well go ahead and give it a try, but it's not going to happen most of the time. And then for years, we've always talked about the legacy acts. Who's the legacy acts? And now that a man of a certain age, the legacy acts are the bands that I want to see, like the Foo Fighters. But I would say the biggest legacy act that's going to be on the farm this year is this band, the Pixies. I was just too young to fully appreciate and understand what the Pixies were and what their importance were to American and really international rock and roll music. And I don't, Kim Deal is not going to be with them. It's just Frank Black or Frank, Black Frank, Frankus, Frank, Frank, whatever the hell he calls himself. He called himself Frank Black for the longest time when he was solo artist. I know Frank Black's the lead singer still, this guy. But Kim Deal went later on to be the, create the breeders and she's an icon amongst uh, female rock and roll or alt rock. comes your man and you know if it doesn't happen on the farm for me to see the pixies it ain't gonna happen because i don't know most of their music and i don't care about most of it but i understand its importance and so Foo fighters are technically a legacy act yes but the real must-see legacy act and i guess corn could be that too is this band the pixies even if kim deal isn't there And the final one here as I wrap things up on the 2023 preview look at Bonnaroo 2023 as the show rapidly comes to an end. There's a great story on this one that has nothing to do with Bonnaroo. In 2006, I saw uh, Umphreys McGee at the Tabernacle with three girls, one of which, well, I think I kind of had my pick if I played my cards right, but one of which was totally into me. I was 26 years old. I was at the prime of my life. And then, of course, I thought I was going to be at the prime of my life for the rest of my life. And that was a wild night. I'll just kind of end it there, even with a lot of regret and poor performance. <laughs> it, it was Humphreys McGee, three pretty girls that were probably 22 at the time. Because I still know them all. 
and I'm was 26. They're four years younger than me. Oh my God, what a dream! And so that's my first experience with Unfinished McGee. Next one is at uh, Riverbend, headlining where I had side stage. That was cool, but show bored the hell out of me. But for the jam fans. You'll get Umphreys McGee. They won't play a song like this, probably. This is actually with Huey Lewis. The song's called Women, Wine, and Song. And I absolutely love it. Life's chunk will suck the wheel right out you. Hold on, Lord, I can't do without you. Seems like a lot of gray in the world. Women, Wine, and Song. Women, Wine, and Song will make, the all go, will make you all get along to a lovely beat. Isn't that true? Women, wine, and song. Let's all get along to a lovely beat. And so, yeah, Umphreys is going to be Sunday. A couple others here that I didn't get to. The Revivalist, uh, Marcus Mumford, Tyler Childers, uh, Cheryl Crow, Don't Laugh. I absolutely love her. Sound Tribe, Sector 9, STS 9, for those that want to uh, have a little bit of that, you know, spin your head off in the middle of the night stuff. And a lot of other things that are very, very, very well-known and very popular that I'm just dumb. I just don't know what it is. And that's okay, because I don't need to know and understand everything in contemporary pop culture music. But this thing is layered and put together so well. I'm very happy. I get more and more excited the more that I look at it. So if you're here for the first time just to check, listen to some Bonnaroo commentary, Thank you so much. This is what I do. It's just a monologue of commentary of just things going on. It's pretty much a show just about my life, which is, I know, a little arrogant to think that somebody would want to listen to that. But if you are interested, this is where we do it. Every Thursday is where you'll find the Stone on Air podcast. For those of you that are regulars, love you to death and probably just going to take it pretty easy for the next couple of months and uh, get ready for the springtime, which will, when I'll, I'll blossom and bloom uh, figuratively, and then I'll get ready for a big-time June, and it excites me a lot. I'm happy to have the joy back. I'm happy to have the juice back. It's got the juice. It's got the juice. And uh, that's it. See you later. Bye.